Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Illuminate, a podcast series from Hope Fellowship Church where we share stories to inspire growth and encourage engagement in our community. I'm Hannah Bowen, I'm the Worship Arts Coordinator here at Hope. And I'm Nathan, I am the Connection and College Pastor here at Hope. We are so excited to be now onto our second spiritual discipline, practice of Jesus, aspect of our faith that we can grow called prayer. If you've ever heard of it, that's great. Uh, We are just thrilled to be talking to two guys that we look up to and respect. Um, They are Dr. Noble and Dr. Fuller, and they are professors and leaders at Anderson University here in Anderson, South Carolina. And they have been gracious enough to talk with us about this practice of prayer. All right, guys, well, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This will most likely get broken down into uh, uh, multiple episodes, but uh, we're still in our our season, Back to the Basics, uh, talking about prayer today. I remember Back to the Basics is all about understanding the practices that believers should take to totally transform into who God has created uh, us to be. And so today, though, we are joined by two extremely special guests. Uh, We know them as Dr. Fuller and Dr. Noble, um, but they also have first names that are not doctor. Uh, But I'll let them kind of introduce themselves. So whichever one of you guys want to go first, uh, you guys can kind of just introduce yourselves, make people know who you are a little bit. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure uh, to be here and very thankful. Uh, My name is James Noble and uh, Vice President for Diversity and Inclusion at Anderson University and originally... Uh, was teaching in the Christian Studies Department, uh, Practical Theology. So uh, very thankful to be here, uh, especially sitting next to my, my friend. Uh, Dr. Fuller was one of the first guys that uh, that I met at AU when I came in 2016. And so all that I know is because of him. And when I mess up, it's because of him. <laughs> both ways, both ways, yeah. Thank you guys for inviting inviting us. Um, I'm Chuck Fuller. I've been at Anderson for 11 years. I have two roles there. Uh, Most of my time is is caught up in administering the Honors Program, which is our interdisciplinary uh, program for undergraduates all across the university. And we're talking about faith and worldview uh, kinds of things all the time, faith and learning. And then secondly, I teach in the College of Christian Studies, teach apologetics and preaching. And I remember having both of you in class. And so this is is very cool for me. (laughs) Full circle moment. (laughs) Seriously, though. So cool. Uh, Well, to start off, like Nathan said, we're talking about um, this series, Back to the Basics, which was just all about spiritual disciplines and the practices of Jesus. So uh, we're asking everyone on to give us your definition of a spiritual discipline. Mine might be weird. That's okay. Uh, So I, I think we do have to keep the idea of a spiritual discipline in its in its spiritual realm and think about it in a in a Christian way. Um, as connected to discipleship, and, and really maybe even think of it as a habit. Uh, one of my concerns in the whole world of um, spiritual disciplines in Christian literature is if we're not careful, we can define this like it's going to the gym or going on a diet, where, where somehow I am, by doing these things, making myself into something. And I think we need to caution ourselves just a little bit uh, in this. You, you think about <clears throat> some of the people around Jesus, and they would say, uh, what what work must we do to do the work of God? And he would say, believe in Him who He has sent, right? So I think we have to, we have to start we have to start there uh, that this is all of grace and that there's there's no formulaic approach to discipleship. There's no there's no checklist. There's no box. Mm-hmm. But 
uh, just as my relationships with my children or with my wife, there are certain habits that enrich those relationships, right? That much the same is true with God. While this is all of God's grace, uh, nonetheless, we are called to walk closely with him. And walking closely with him looks like stuff. You know, it, it, it looks like things. And I, th I think we have to conceive disciplines in, in that way, particularly... Uh, you know, prayer would be uh, seminal to that, right? Yeah. Right, right at the mm -hmm. heart of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And uh, I, I like to look at it this way as those things that we do as Christians to draw ourselves closer uh, to the Lord, have that intimate relationship with him. Those things that we know to do, those things that we see in scripture that the disciples practice and that the early church practice, it's those things. Uh, but one thing that I, I would caution as well is that that sometimes we can do these things and they become legalistic. Yeah. And we feel like that we have to do these things in order to try to, you know, reach up to God. And uh, and so we're day by day, we go and we're checking the box off. Yeah. Well, I said my prayer today. I read my Bible today. I, yeah. I pray for something. I mean, you know, and so those things, I think we, we need to be careful in that. But I think it is something that is vitally important and something that we need to continue to make sure that we are doing these things. It's cool. We, um, as a staff, have been going through a, a book that has happened to hit on the idea of spiritual disciplines. And, and I couldn't quote it perfectly, but um, that idea of when uh, the practices of Jesus become a list of things to fulfill, like we turn into the Pharisees, basically, practicing, asking ourselves, you know, how did Jesus live and how do I live like him brings us life. But asking, you know, like, have I met all of these boxes? It like leads to death. Like that's, yeah. that's far from grace. So I, I think that's absolutely yeah. spot on. And, and if disciplines aren't life-giving, then there's a problem from, from the get-go, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, we don't want to, you know, sit around the table here and dog on disciplines because again, they're a thing yeah. and, and we need yeah. to do these things. It's just the context yeah. and the motivation uh, that didn't inform what we do. So yeah. And really you said it yourself, you said it enriches your relationship. Like the relationship is already established through grace, and then yeah. these are the things that enrich us. Yeah. And they're what we call the journey of sanctification, right? That, that's what we're on, and these yeah. help us to draw closer to him, as you said as well. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of talking specifically, though, about all these disciplines, we're kind of honing in on prayer today. Um, we have, these could be massive questions, right? Like we could talk about this for an hour of like, just what is prayer? <laughs> I mean, we really, we could talk for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I think it's an important basis to start because obviously I, we've we've all heard probably the similar things, especially if you've grown up in church or if you've at least been in, the, been in a local church somewhere, uh, you kind of have an idea of what prayer is, but kind of just a, a brief layout of what you would say prayer is and then going into how it's specifically a spiritual discipline. We use the, in simple terms, we use that prayer is talking to God, right? And, uh, and I think that's what it is. And some would explain it that, you know, we talk to God just like we're having a conversation right now, right? Um, and that's our conversation with God. Um, but I think it's, it's more than just a conversation with God. Yes, that's what it is. But I also think that it is a, uh, it's, it's a dialogue. I mean, I think that sometimes often we, we pray to God <clears throat> and we, you know, we, we go through the acts model of prayer. You know, we, we say our prayers to God and, and then we request those things from him and then we get up and we leave. Well, we really haven't allowed God to really speak to us. And so I think it's important that, yes, we do have this conversation with God. A conversation is a dialogue, right? Yeah. 
So I think we need to spend time with him in silence with him, listening to him as he would speak back to us. So, yes, it, it is talking to God, but I think it's also God talking back to us. And, and I think that's a very important aspect of it. And so when you think about this prayer as a spiritual discipline, we often see the importance of prayer in the life of Jesus. And, uh, and so through his life, you know, he would wake very early in the morning uh, and, and uh, talk to the Father. And so... So that means to Jesus that prayer is very important. This is one of the most important disciplines, spiritual disciplines, as we think about how Jesus actually, it was the first thing that he did upon um, his day. So. Yeah, yeah. When we look in the Bible, um, we see a lot of examples of prayer and, and even a model prayer. Jesus says, pray like this. Mm-hmm. And, and nonetheless, you don't, you don't find the, the clean little paragraph that defines it. And in fact, if you, if you look across Christian history, or even if you look across um, cultures, uh, d- different religious faiths who don't believe what we believe about God, the world, and ourselves, or certainly atonement, or resurrection, these kinds of things, um, they too seem to have, just have an urge toward prayer. There's something about this that seems to be uh, common to the human experience in the face of the divine. And um, I, I think... I think there's a reason maybe Scripture doesn't say prayer is this. just this yes. or, or just that. Yeah. And, and I think because prayer is a, um, it's, it's a human urge that there, there's something up there and out there. We seem to know this innately, whether or not we want to admit it, right? And we, even, even people who don't want to admit there's something beyond the imminent frame and there's something transcendent. If you don't want to admit that, we still find ourselves kind of reaching for it. You know, I can think of um, all kinds of films and, 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 and music that seems to indicate this. Even if I don't believe it, I'm urging toward transcendence. And even that is something of a prayer, right? It's an urging in that direction. And so it can certainly take the mode of um, a conversation, uh, a plea to God or receiving from God. Um, but I also want to think of, like Paul says, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, it's just not reasonable for me to think this means I'm always verbally saying and receiving. Right. right. But, but it, it does mean sort of like what old uh, church confessions of faith would say, that we walk circumspectly in the world, mm-hmm. that, that we walk constantly aware of um, eternal realities. And um, uh, t- to me, to pray without ceasing is, is to live my life in such a way that the, the context is in place, God, the world, and me, and, ha- and what, what Jesus is doing, what the Spirit is doing in the world and in me to, to redeem all things to the Father in Christ, right? Yeah, right. And, and um, so it's, it needs to be like a sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't want to be like all Star Wars and talk about the Force. It's not quite that. It's, it's, in fact, it's better than that because the Spirit's a person, right? And, and so I, I think, you know, praying without ceasing is, is walking in such a way where um, I'm disciplined to, to keep myself cognizant of all the realities on the table all, all the time. Mm-hmm. And that way, the times where I'm, I'm praying and focused and I'm praying not so focused, they, they tend to be cray or even, even bleed together, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Sorry, I have strange answers for you today. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I promise I'm orthodox. I'm not <laughs> some weird mystic. But I think you make a really good point. I mean, with that praying without ceasing, and I kind of look at it as like having this this attitude of prayer. 
yeah. the, the spirit of prayer, yeah. right? And and you you understand and realize that um, your day will be faced with many challenges, and 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 so as you go throughout your day, it's kind of like the the, the gospel and, and spreading the gospel. You know, as you go along the way, yeah. you know, you make disciples. So same way with prayer, as you go along the way, you're in this mode and this spirit of prayer. You might see somebody, talk to somebody. Yeah, I need to pray for them, right? And so on throughout, or you might see something in this, maybe a car wreck somebody just had, you, you know, you pray for them. And yeah. so it's just this attitude and this spirit of prayer. And it kind of reminds me of walking in the spirit. Right, yeah, 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 right? yeah definitely. And, uh, and so yeah. that brings light to yeah. praying without ceasing. Yeah, you put words to my ideas, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that setting your mind on the spirit, walking in the spirit, like yeah. just having the mindset and being in that, that realm. I think, yeah. so what's the balance of, Every single thing is God speaking to me, and no thing in this world is speaking to me. Like you know, you, and I think that that's a tough balance for a lot of people, and and even like I think all all of us probably struggle with yeah. the discerning of what His voice sounds like. Because I think you were saying it too; it's unique to each of us in a sense. Yes, there are big ways that He speaks to all of us generally, yeah. and yet we all have different, unique relationships with Him because He's created us uniquely and differently. And so I think that that's kind of an important question of discerning God's voice and, and what's the balance of that? Because you said you were joking, like, I don't want to be some mystic. Like, I don't want to assume that because that stoplight turned red every single time that that's God keeping me from a... Ma- it, it could be. It really... I mean, it could be keeping me from a car accident. But then it's, yeah. okay, God, I need, I need to rejoice in every red light or God, I need to rejoice in every green light. And I, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. where's the balance in, in all of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think our view of prayer often relates to our view of God's providence. How, how is it that God is in control of all things? And if I believe that he's in control of things moment by moment, well, yeah, I might think about a stoplight in, in, that, in that framework, and that's completely okay. Um, it also sort of frees me to pray. If, if God upholds all things by the power of his will, moment by moment by moment, then I'm free to pray without ceasing, but also praying without worrying. Uh, I am... I don't, I, I don't get up every morning and, and look for God to give me specific signs or specific words for all of my decisions of the day. You know, um, oatmeal squares or chariots. <laughs> like, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's, sometimes it comes out of what do you want, right? I can remember one time, this is many years ago when I was a pastor, I had a, a student going to college and she wanted to major in nursing and she was struggling over whether to go to Murray State University or to Western Kentucky University. These are two two universities of about the same size and similar quality there in Western Kentucky. And she's really struggling over which one does God want me to attend. And she had, she had, she had wrestled her soul over this. Yeah. And finally I just looked at her and said, Libby, which one do you want to attend? Yeah. Right. And, 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 and just, and, and, and go that, that there are times when I think the Lord makes very clear impressions on us. There are times right. when he speaks clearly to us. Mm-hmm. But then we also have to consider the realities of, of human agency, and God expects me to think and act responsibly in the world, and that's not a that's not an anti-prayerful thing. Yeah. That's being a believer and disciple, trusting Him yeah. as I'm going through my day. But but nonetheless, um, you know, there have been times in my life where, just in really radically clear, even miraculous ways, right. uh, God did things, God showed things, God directed my steps in a way that that could not be explained outside of this was a special providence. And I can recount the story of of my family uh, moving to Anderson. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a special providence of God that we were were struggling. We didn't know what our next steps were. Mm -hmm. I was caught between academics and being a preacher. And it was really confusing. And literally I come home one day and there's an email from Michael Didway. 
And I walked upstairs and I put the and I put the computer on the table. I said, Jesse, honey, we're about to move to Anderson, South Carolina. I've never even heard of it. We're about to move there. <laughs> and she goes to the computer to check and she she checks to see if there's a target in Anderson. <laughs> and when it came yeah, she's like, all right, we can go. And, and I want to tell you this, this is crazy that we had we had such a strong sense from the get-go that we'd never been this. We'd never been, never heard of it, but this is where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. So we're driving uh, from Asheville down in South Carolina. We cross the South Carolina border, and a double rainbow just comes out of mm-hmm. nowhere over I-26. Yeah. Like the moment across the state line, we pulled the minivan over. We actually have a family photo. We welcome to South Carolina in the background in a, in a double rainbow. Now, I don't, you know, it's like you would say, oh, you're just putting together coincidences. Well, am I? Yeah. Right, that, that yeah. clearly God was moving right. in that, yeah. and we could not help but see in, in that particular incident, okay, you know, that, that God was confirming, and there's so many confirming things. Uh, that's one but of many examples, you know, that, that we could sit around this table and, and share. So I, I think that, that sometimes we think of prayers like either or. Either I'm looking for God to speak to me in a right. yes or no, red light, green light fashion, or I don't look for it at all, when really it's, it's far more complex than that. It's yeah. more of a, of a both and. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, if we're making, if we're approaching significant decisions in our lives, we better be prayerful. It doesn't mean I'm not prayerful about the smaller things. Uh, it means that both I'm, I'm free under God's providence and grace to act as a responsible human being. The agency He's given me, but I'm also free to trust Him radically. Yeah. And I'm and I'm and I should always have an open spirit yeah. to when He may change my path or change my direction. Uh, I'm 45 years old, and sometimes I wake up in the morning and think, what am I going to be when I grow up? And it's not because I'm, I'm dissatisfied with what I'm doing. It's because I, I just have a sense that on any given day, mm-hmm. the Lord can change our directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can, right. can change our lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I, I think about this, this balancing act of, of these spiritual disciplines. Uh, and, of course, prayer is, is, is up there, you know, uh, one of the top. But I think also, too, when we think about how do we, how do we discern, you know, God's voice? I think prayer is important, and hearing from God is important. But I think this is where the other spiritual disciplines comes in, kind of mm-hmm. like how you mentioned. I think God uses all of those yeah. to lead us into where He wants us to go, or yeah. what He wants us to do. So we have to focus on the Word of God. We have to, because the Word of God is not going to contradict what God is going to do in our lives. Right. Yeah. And then we also have to rely on the Holy Spirit. And, and because he's our comforter, he's our teacher, he's going to teach us uh, all truth. He's going to lead us. Uh, and he's not going to contradict, uh, you know, the will of God either. And so when we put these together, I think we get a clear sense of what God is doing in our lives. And, uh, and it may be this, uh, this inward voice that you might hear God saying, yes, do this or don't do this. Yeah. Or it may be God coming through using another individual. Uh, you know what you prayed, right, before you left the house. You're having a conversation with a person. They don't know what you prayed, but yet in their in that conversation, you hear God speaking to you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like, this is what I want you to do. And you be like, yeah. yes, God, that is yeah. it. That's the answer to my prayer. Yeah. And so so God uses, again, his providence is, like, yeah. very important in all of this yeah. because it's his providence that's working on the external forces around us. That will speak to us internally through the Holy yeah. Spirit and yeah. His Word. The internal witness of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Is the reason that God no longer speaks in a loud, booming voice to people because of the Spirit? And then what does that mean about the Spirit in the Old Testament when people were 
you know, in the temple worship and, and all those things. How, how does, this is obviously a little bit more of a detailed deal, I mean, question of scripture, but mm-hmm. I think it's, a, it's another important one because I think I've gotten frustrated so many times, especially early on in faith, because I think with all of these, people want to know how to do it. Where's the definition? And I think mm-hmm. in the start of all this, it kind of comes back to what you said, just talk to God. You just have to start doing it. Yes. And I think then the more you start to search these things and the more you're starting to cultivate all of these disciplines and practices, then the more you start to learn how to go deeper into each one. Mm-hmm. Meaning, okay, it's not just talking to God. Okay, I'm starting to see the complexities of it. But you have to kind of start. And I think for me, one of the biggest questions for me constantly has always been, I know the, the word is a lamp unto my feet. So I know he's trying to, he, it's faith in him. That's why he's not giving me the whole picture. But it's more so of, I read these stories where he's using a burning bush. He's speaking from a cloud. He has a, a pillar of fire guiding at night. I'm like, man, that'd be so nice if I had that. You know what I mean? And I think, it, and like, and even like the double rainbow, I think looking back, you know, I've probably had instances in that in life where I probably just dismissed as coincidence. And then it's like, but what did I miss out on in just receiving that as this is you at least just giving me comfort in this decision. And I think for me that that's where and I I think in conversations I've had with college students and just other adults, that's where their frustrations come into play when it comes to discerning God's voice. It's he talked to all these people in loud ways, you know, you know, they got the person of Jesus, you know, and we get this, you know, seemingly quiet, timid voice, Holy Spirit, where he's going to slowly direct you. And yes, he speaks in large ways sometimes, but it's like, just, yeah, exactly. And and honestly, like, and that's a sentiment. Like I, I, I just had a conversation with a college student and his words to me were, it's just not fair. <laughs> like, that's literally what he said to me. And I was like, I understand. Like, I understand sometimes you're so frustrated with things in life. You're like, just give me a pillar of fire. <laughs> I don't want everything else that comes with the Old Testament, but give me a pillar of fire. So kind of maybe expand on that a little bit more. But. Well, he used the donkey to speak Hebrew, right? So God, yeah. Yeah. he's my dog. Yeah, God. give me my dog. Okay, come on, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not one to say that God doesn't or can't. Right, I'm not, right. I'm not yeah, I hope that. that's not what it's coming across yeah, as yeah. Not my question. Sure. Uh, I, I do think um, two things. First of all, is it in Second Peter that really we are, um, our vantage point is actually better and greater mm-hmm. than those who walked with Jesus, mm-hmm. who were present for those miracles mm-hmm. or for the Old Testament, because mm-hmm. we now have the full picture right. and the complete witness given us in Scripture and by the Holy Spirit. So we need to remember that, right? That we're not left. God doesn't have children that he, that he leaves needy. God has no needy kids. He, he gives us what we need. Right. And yeah. uh, he's not left us incomplete. He's not withheld any good thing from us mm-hmm. in, in that way. And, and a lot of, you know, sometimes with college students or with other people or with my own life, I'm realizing that the deficiencies that I find with, with God are oftentimes questions he's already answered if I would bother to look and read and meditate and reflect Right, many times he's already spoken to these things. Right. The other thing I would say is, as uh, yeah, who wouldn't love to have just the the big God showdown, right, and and see it and witness it and provide some finality for our lives. And yet we look at whether it's the miracles of Jesus or the signs in the Old or New Testaments, and we have to remember there's a reason why those things are in the Bible. That they're in the Bible because they are, and were rare. You know, those yeah. are anomalies, and those are those are right. those are special yeah. in the history of, of salvation. Uh, and often, the miracles of Jesus—they were like time-compressed pictures mm-hmm. of what He will do for all His believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in class this morning, we were reflecting on John 11, 
and the resurrection of Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And the way that John's gospel, and John intentionally takes a long time to tell that story. And how Jesus is very intentional in telling Mar- Mary, telling Martha in the crowd there, uh, you know, I, I am the resurrection of life. Do you believe this? Right. You know, well, on the last day, sure. Well, no, no, no. He's bringing it to them in the, in the present time. That's right, yeah. And then what he does for Lazarus is indeed what he will do for all who are his. And so I think often the miracles in Scripture and those big signs and wonders, they're forward-pointing right. for our benefit. Yeah. Right. So it's not as though I'm somehow disconnected from those miracles in that story. No, 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 no. No, the resurrection of Lazarus has a lot to do with me. Right? It has a lot to do with uh, my life and knowing that the victory of resurrection is present now. And so... Um, and again, but don't hear me say God can't do wild and wonderful and crazy things now. Yeah. I can tell you in the summer of 2016, my family spent about five weeks in, um, in China visiting uh, friends who were definitely not missionaries, right? <laughs> so, and, uh, uh, totally not missionaries. <laughs> and, uh, Once again, not yeah, missionaries. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, while we were there, we would, we would talk. I was with my friend and uh, we were talking with a college student. This college student, um, really secular. I mean, in China, you know, the, the Cultural Revolution, and he didn't necessarily know what we believe about God. Uh, he just knows that, that Americans think about these things. And so uh, he had been in Tibet, and he began to, to say to us things that he had, he had witnessed, wild things, strange things. And my friend looked at him and he said, here's the thing. He goes, I actually believe that more than you do. Mm. And what he was telling him is, I have a, I have a story, I have a, like a worldview, so to speak, that can make sense of what you've seen. Because he couldn't make sense of it. Mm-hmm. But the Christian's perspective can make sense of, of that. That we, you know, we know the world's not just in the imminent frame. We know there are forces at work. And we, you know, we, we can see these things. And so our prayer life um, is, is, is open to the miraculous and wonder-working workings of God, right. um, but at the same time, understanding that the miracles of the past inform the way I pray now, because those were for me, yeah. in a sense too. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that uh, we see God in uh, in in so many instances performing His miracles uh, in the Old Testament, and we see Jesus in the New Testament performing these miracles. Um, and uh, they then asked Jesus to um, to perform another miracle, and Jesus says, "Yeah, I'm. I've already given you a sign. Yeah, so you, yeah. You, you have the sign of Jonah. Yeah, what and, more do you want? Uh, right, right, exactly. You know, and so so here's what we come to understand is that miracles don't help people to believe right. in the gospel, right. right? They they're searching for these big signs and wonders." And uh, and sometimes they can lead us astray to where we're we're looking at God as as a as a Santa Claus, and uh, to give us all of these gifts and stuff and things, and so even when you know he fed the five thousand, he says, "Listen, I am the bread of life. Yeah. You know, when you eat of me, you know, you you will never hunger again. Or I am the water. I'm the water of life. You will never thirst again. So again, yes." These signs and wonders are pointing to him. But I think today, themselves, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, might, we might take these big miracles and things to say, hey, look at what God did for me. You know, and look what he did through me. Uh, and uh, not that he can't do that, and I think that he can. Um, I had an instance where I was, um, 
back in, in Arkansas. I was working for Frito Way and I had a route. And, uh, and so God just kind of used me to just, I was always frustrated about, he would have me on a route and then all of a sudden my route would change. They would come and say, hey, you know, we're gonna put you on a totally different route and uh, you're, this is gonna be your parent. And I would always get frustrated because I, I met friends, I met new believers, I was witnessing, I was doing all these things. And, uh, and so I realized looking back that God was moving me to a different area so that I can continue that gospel witness to other people. There might be fruit over here on this other route. So I'm coming in through a grocery store and uh, a young lady passes me and I spoke to her and says, hey, how you doing? And uh, she says, I'm doing fine. She says, but I got this massive headache. I have this massive headache. And, uh, and so I put my hand on her shoulder and I prayed and I said, Lord, I said, remove the headache. And I walked off and she just said, thank you. Well, I went to, out to the store uh, to do my, to the, to the shelving uh, where my chips were. She went to the back in the receiving. And as I was coming back, she was coming back through and she said, hey, you know what? She says, my headache is completely gone. Mm -hmm. And so, so we think, we know that God is still able mm -hmm. to perform all of these miracles. Mm -hmm. I think the signs and everything, his power is still there. We know that, right? Um, and so I think it's just, it's important for us to realize that I don't know if Jesus, Jesus necessarily came to perform those miracles mm -hmm. and those signs and wonders more so than the one sign and that was the sign of Jonah, where he was in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Yeah. And on the third day, he rose again. So, um, but to your point about, you know, um, how do we, why, why don't we have those things? I'm reminded of Hebrews uh, chapter one. Mm -hmm. And it says long ago, uh, many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And so I think that God wants us to put our attention and our focus on his son and not so much on him speaking to us through the pillar of cloud by fire, you know, uh, by night and the cloud by day and uh, through thunderings and, and sounds and loud voices because it may take our focus off of his son. And I think that's where he wants us. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and stop our conversation right here, but make sure that you tune into our next part of this conversation next week. Don't forget that if you have any questions or feedback for our show, we would love to hear from you. You can always email us at hannah at hopeandanderson.com or nathan at hopeandanderson.com. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>